0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. There, there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on um, right now, as we all know. Um, it's it's been a crazy last couple of weeks just in the world, in our nation. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot going on regarding the elections and there's a lot going on in the spirit realm with spiritual warfare. There's a lot of, if, if you are following any of it, there's been a lot of prophetic words, um, being put out there on the public level and my goodness, Lord help us stay anchored to you in this time. Um, that we're not getting swayed either direction on it, uh, but we're staying anchored on the on the rock that never moves. Amen. And the Bible says, I believe it's in Hebrews that that God's going to shake anything that can be shaken, and and those things that are grounded in the kingdom will not be shaken, but they will last and endure. And so that's what we need to make sure that we know where we're anchored in in this time, especially because it's turbulent you know the, the the political parties there's there's a lot going on um, and uh, you know I, as I was typing my notes on here getting ready for this message yesterday an a, a notification bar came up on the top right when I started typing it said Biden wins election and I, that distracted me for a second um, and, you know, there, I know there's different places where people's perspectives and opinions are about that whole thing. Um, a, a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, it's done and accept it. Other people are saying it's not done until it's done. And, you know, like maybe maybe some people think that it was premature on on celebrating it. Other people think, hey, it, we, already know, we already know it. And the fact is like regardless of where you stand on that um, and, and I, I'm not here to push where I stand on it um, <clears throat> there's still still more processes that need to be done and somebody's gonna celebrate in the end and no matter which it is I hope that people on either side are gonna be able to stay anchored <laughs> and not be moved um, and, and swayed and we don't want to be against someone okay that's that's where the problems are is when people are are taking stands and they they're sta- taking a stand against someone like we need to know what we're for and so we just need to we need to be grounded okay and uh w- w- we don't we don't know yet how it's going to end we're going to find out hopefully sooner than later but we're not sure and i i want to say before you all whoever would be listening to me that i it's probably obvious if you follow me on facebook or whatever or even maybe some things I've mentioned in my messages, um, who I would stand for and who I voted for. And I, I, don't, I don't apologize for that, but I do want to say this, that even if the other wins, um, I, I plan on demonstrating a Christ-like stance on it. Um, the, Bible, the Bible clearly teaches us that whoever he puts in authority, that we're supposed to honor them. And we're supposed to pray for them. And no matter how this ends, uh, you're hearing me say it. I, I, it doesn't mean I'm going to agree on some major issues. And, and I'll, still, I'll still fight for those things. It's not about a person. It's about, thing, it's about value systems. And I'll, I'll still fight for those. But I'm not fighting against a person. I want you guys to know. I, I will submit. And I hope you guys will as well. We're going to honor. I've seen people on Facebook say, I would never... Um, I would never accept Biden as our president. And I I think, and and that person probably has good morals. I think that person was wrong for saying that because if he wins, we got to, we got to do the right thing. We're going to have to pray for him. Now, my prayers might look different. Uh, I I will not pray against him. I'll tell you that. But, but I'll pray for kingdom values. Does that make sense? So I hope you guys hear that. Um, but, but again, it's not over yet. And, and for those of you who have been praying, um, whichever side you're on, I want to, I want to urge you continue praying according to the faith of what you're standing for, because it's not over yet. All right. It's not over yet. And so keep praying because there's a lot of need to see these things through to the end. All right. Um, one thing that has that that really um, troubles my heart is to see people, Christians who are who love God and are, are people of faith, um, saying that that if things end up differently than the way they've been praying and believing and expecting for, that they don't know how what how that's going to impact their faith. And and to me, that's a sad day. If if the the outcome of this election is is causing you to determine where your faith is. Um, you might be putting your faith in the wrong place. All right. Uh, people are, some people are dismayed or they're preparing themselves to be dismayed. And, uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, the, some people are just not sure where they're going to keep their faith at after this. And that's just, that, that's a sad thing. All right. We need to know this. And this is what my message is, excuse me, is called today. What kingdom are we from? What kingdom are we from? That's what we need to understand. That's what we need to do. And some of the things I'm going to talk about today, um, you know, it it might sound like a repeat. I'm not doing it for the sake of repeat. I'm doing it because I really feel in this hour that we need to to stay calibrated to truth. And so that's what I want to speak into today. Um, Who is your faith in? Because if it's in a president... God help us, God help us if that's where you're putting your your faith ultimately uh, what matters the most is where you're anchoring your faith um, and what you believe are the are the, the the where the momentum of of God is okay, no matter who ends up as the winner, some people think they already know some people are not sure, no matter what we need to know where we stand in our faith. And I want to I'm going to take us through several scriptures this morning. And I'm I'm reading them, but I'm also declaring these in the spirit. Uh, as a matter of fact, I I want to prophesy these things into our hearts just to get grounded in these things. And and for many of you it's not necessarily like ooh re- new revelation, but that's not the goal. The goal is being recalibrated and anchored, okay? I want. To, I'm going to start busting through some scriptures here. First Timothy six twelve through sixteen. Paul is writing to to his spiritual son Timothy, and and I want to remind us that in the day of Paul and the apostles, um, the world was really entering into a great persecution. They were, they were going after a kingdom that was not the same as the, as the political systems that was around them, and, and people were getting martyred regularly for standing for Christ, and, and it wasn't about, like, who's the king, or who's the emperor, or whatever. It was about, are you going to stay grounded in your intimacy, and in your union, and your loyalty to Jesus Christ? So here we go. Paul to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. And I want to say, we need to keep fighting that fight because this fight is not going to end until we go to heaven. Lay hold on eternal life, not just four more years. (laughs) Lay hold of eternal life to which you are called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing which he will manifest in his own time. He who is blessed and the only potentate or I don't know how to say that potentate Potentators is kind of what it sounds like but the potentate that word is not one that I'm familiar with. I looked it up because I wanted to make sure I understood it. And it means the sovereign ruler, the, the supreme one. It's, the, it's the, the big dog of big dogs. It's, it's, the, it's the man who's in charge of everything, the potentate. That's talking about God. And it's, it goes on, it says, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, he's called the king of kings and the lord of lords. So he's the king over kings. He's the king over presidents. He's the king over governors and mayors. He's the lord of lords. That means that there is nothing that is superior to him. He's above all of it. Who alone has immortality dwelling in unapproachable light Whom no man has seen or can see. To whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. That's our God. He's the potentate. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to read Revelation 17, 14. I'm going to read another Revelation passage after this. I want to say this before I get into it. By no means am I trying to assume that the context of the chapter that it's in is the era that we're in right now because a lot of it has to do with end times and, and, and the great wars and Antichrist and all that kind of stuff. I am not trying to put us in that season right now by reading this, but I want you to know that there are eternal truths in it and that's what I'm going for right now. Revelation 17, 14. These will make war... With the lamb, so it's talking about armies and kingdoms that do not love God but hate Him. They will make war with the lamb. The lamb will overcome them. All right. Again, I'm not talking about present kingdoms or present governments. Where I'm going at is is the spiritual truth in this. He will overcome them. That means that nobody can stand against God. Right? For He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. It's Jesus and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful so again this is not about this election but what I want to try to say is it's about us knowing who's in charge all right and, and no matter what no matter what the next four eight years looks like that's not where we need to be anchoring ourselves to we're not putting our hope in a man or an administration or a party We need to keep it anchored in Jesus Christ, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, no matter what. Amen? Amen. Revelation 19. Again, I'm not saying this is the era. And I'm also not saying that we're not getting close, because I don't know. I don't know. But that's not where I'm going here. But it should get us excited, because no matter how things pan out over the next years, we need to remember that we know where things are going with us and it's, it's pretty powerful, all right? We need to know. It's only going to get powerful for us. Revelation 19, starting with verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened. Everybody say open heavens. open heavens. Come on, I love that. And behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. I just want to declare that, uh, that above this whole world and in and through this whole world, Jesus is the ultimate judge. All right? His eyes were like a flame of fire and his, on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed in a white robe, dipped in blood. Praise God for the cross. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. I, when I was younger, I couldn't envision what that looks like for a sharp sword to come out of his mouth, and I still am not quite sure. I used to think that it meant it was pointing straight out, and then at one point I thought, well, maybe he's biting it sideways like this. Kind of like the savage warrior's like you'd want to see like on Braveheart or like a pirate. But then I saw a picture in my head of that ugly lady on the Goonies, the mom of the bad guys. And she jumped off that pirate ship with a sword sideways in her mouth into the water. And I thought, eh, that's probably not what Jesus is looking like here. I don't know. That's just a little comedy relief there. Um, now, Jesus is a warrior clenching that sword in his mouth it's the word of god that with it he should strike the nations i want to tell you the only people the only person who could strike the nations is somebody who's more powerful than all of them is jesus christ and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron come on he is powerful and he's the most powerful person in the universe and nobody can stop him Can I hear an amen on that? He Himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. And He has on His robe and on His thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank You, Jesus. Why don't we take a moment and look at Him in the face and just declare to Him who we believe Him to be. Lord Jesus, You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the supreme ruler. God, you hold all authority. Your name is above all names. Thank you, God. And this is an eternal truth, Lord. It's not just at the end of the age, God. It is now and always. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read on. Ephesians 1:20 20 through 23. Talking about the power of God, it says, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. Anybody thankful that Jesus didn't just die on the cross, but He resurrected on the third day? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And not only was He raised from the dead, but but that power seated Him at, at at God's right hand in the heavenly places, restored Him back to His throne where He eternally had it prior to being given birth by Mary far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. We've talked often of the three realms. There's the earth realm, which the Bible might refer to it as the first heaven, the second heaven realm, which is where the principalities and dominions and powers rule from. And, and it calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. And so the, the, all the spiritual warfare happens in that realm. and, and But then there's the third heaven uh, where, where God is seated, and, and so this talks about how Jesus lifted off this planet, was elevated above every principality principality and powder powder good lord he 's above powders too, the powers and dominions and mites all right he 's above it all and, and he 's above every single name that is named. Whether it be a candidate that you might have on your mind, his name's above that. He's above that. Whether it be um, any, any warrior or, or your, maybe your favorite heroes, Jesus is above them. Or maybe it's your worst enemy, his name is above that. But what if, what if it also means every name, which could also be the name cancer. It could be the name COVID. It could be the name um, asthma. Like whatever, he's above it all. Okay? Okay. He's above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, which basically means that's his eternal place. And he put all things under his feet. Okay, under his feet. That means he has crushed it. He's conquered it. It has no power over him. And he gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, The fullness of him who fills all in all so jesus actually was elevated above all these things put it under his feet and then he gave himself as the head over the church which is the body that's walking on this planet where he's been elevated above these things all right that's pretty crazy because what this is telling us is that he actually has his full representation of his authority and power in the church on this planet. That's powerful because guess what? His church is not under the domain of a political kingdom. It's under the domain of the kingdom of God. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. Philippians 2 9 through 11. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, lifted him up, and given him the name which is above every name. So the name of Jesus is above every name that you could ever need to see God come in for you on. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Come on. Every, every knee. Of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ Is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's powerful. Every knee will bow to Jesus. Every knee. Your knee will. My knee will. Any political leader's knee will. Satan's knee will. Every principality and domain and power that that has any kind of influence in this world, its knee's gonna bow. It's gonna be every Christian, it's gonna be every sinner. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. It'll be kings and governors. Knees are going to bow. Everybody who who runs big tech, they're going to bow. Everybody who is a politician, their knees are going to bow. Saints and sinners, angels and every demon. Every knee will bow to Jesus and confess that he is Lord. Who's the king of kings? It's not who wins a four year term. It's Jesus Christ. Come on. When Jesus came to this earth and he started his ministry, the first thing that came out of his mouth, he pretty much inaugurated, he, he set in, he set forward the mission statement. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Come on. The king of heaven came into our midst and said his kingdom is now in our midst. It's at hand hallelujah ephesians 2 5 through 6 ephesians 1 ends by talking about jesus being elevated but now chapter 2 it talks about us who are in christ it says even when we were dead in trespasses he made us alive together with christ in other words in christ we've been resurrected with him from our old sinful natures that was crucified with him on the cross by grace you have been saved and he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in christ jesus so our seating the place where we are anchored to the place that is supposed to be our habitation that we live from is in the heavenly places in christ we're right there in the throne room of god from the spirit that's in that's in union with jesus Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. And and last week, Josh mentioned this. And when he said it, the Lord hit me because Josh emphasized this was the Lord's Prayer. And and it just hit me like, wow, like this isn't just a model prayer. Like this is the prayer of God. It's the prayer of God. And he taught us what his prayer was. And in 1 John, it talks about how if we pray and we know we're praying according to his will that we're going to have the things that we pray for. And so if we know the, the, the prayer of God, like my goodness, if we can pray that not just by saying the words with vain repetitions, but actually engaging our faith with it, believing the things that we're saying, we're actually coming into agreements, the prayer of agreement with Jesus himself. Come on. And this is how it goes. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That means holy, Lord. Your name is holy. That word holy means to be sanctified. It means to be set apart. It means to be separated and made as it's, it's other than. It's it's not defiled or or corrupted or uh, even having mixture with anything less than it, it's it's pure. In form, separate from anything that could, that could create that mixture. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me just pause and say that this prayer was not, um, it wasn't contingent on earthly outcomes that we're hoping for. All right? This is an eternal kingdom truth. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus is actually telling us that we can, in Him, we can actually be separated from the powers of the evil one that rules and reigns from that second heaven realm. For yours is the kingdom and the power, the dunamis power and the glory forever. Amen. Come on, that is powerful because we know that Jesus, the, the potentate, the supreme ruler, the king of kings, the lord of lords, brought his kingdom in our midst and he told us that the prayer is, the prayer that he wants to answer is his kingdom coming in our midst. His will being done on earth as it is in heaven, it is not contingent on governmental and political leaders. It's contingent on Which kingdom are we living from? Amen? Jesus didn't come to set up an earthly kingdom. And he even specifically warned people to avoid getting caught up with the political spirit. And he he talked about uh, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and and the leaven of Herod. And so that's the spirit of religion and it's the spirit of politics. All right? And, you know, I want to say like, I wouldn't be surprised if some people think that I might be caught up in that because of making vocalizations on things. Um, but I have to say, like, if, if that's what you think, you're probably not really catching the heart of where I'm coming from. Because to me, it's not about politics. It's about being zealous for kingdom values. And, and I get it that people who, who see it differently than me, that they, they probably see kingdom values in other ways. And, and I respect that. Um, But but I I have to stand from where my value systems are. But I I just want to say, like, to me, has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the kingdom and the values of that. Um, And and so unfortunately, because uh, that we live in this world, the government leaders and the lawmaking uh, that happens plays into the earth realm. And and so we're going to believe for the kingdom standards no matter what. But, but we, we definitely want to be responsible and try to see how we can try to get the, uh, the systems that we live in to, be, to come into alignment with that, to, to create less resistance and obstruction for us to move forward with the things we're called to. We're going to move forward no matter what. Amen? Amen. But, but that's why, that's why I, I, as someone said, I've been outspoken about it. Um, it's not, I'm, it's not because I have the, the political spirit. It's because I really want to see the kingdom come. And, and I, I'd love to see the laws of our land that was dedicated to the Lord from the very beginning um, be in, in agreement with the value systems. That's where I'm coming from with that. I just want to say that. But I, but I also want to remind us what I said at the beginning. Um, I'm going to honor whoever wins. Okay, I want you to know that. Last week I I spoke a, a message that I called it elections in the spirit realm, and uh, I want to I want to take a second because I, I talked a lot about um, making agreements with things that are influenced by the by the spirit realm and there's the, there's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of darkness and so a lot of laws in the land you know really can fall underneath the influence of either side of that. Um, And I just want to say something because it didn't occur to me until later that I probably should have made a a, a what I'm not saying statement in there. And so I just want to I want to do this real quick um, since I'm on this. When I was talking about how how there are laws that get passed that um, that are immoral, um, I, I mentioned how how making those kind of laws are pushing for them creates agreements with the spirit realm. I will not retract that statement because I, I fully believe that. But what I want to make sure that people didn't misunderstand from me is I'm not saying that um, that if you voted a certain, certain way, that that means that you're making that agreement and open up a, a realm because of the way you voted. That is not at all what I was trying to say. I was more talking, and I'm not even saying necessarily that a, a, a candidate is doing that necessarily. But what I am trying to say is more in general terms of, of principle, that when we push for something or we try to protect something that, that is immoral or unbiblical, that, that in the action of, of trying to fight for that thing, we actually are making agreements in that realm. So I'm not saying anything about people who voted and i 'm not even going to put that on whoever wins it 's just for us to keep our eyes open to there's there 's a realm that 's way bigger behind all this stuff, and we need to know where we 're making agreements because uh, what we push for what we fight for um, is actually it actually can make covenants with the spirit realm one way or the other so I just wanted to say that i don 't want anybody to think that there was any any judgment in my heart with that it's more spiritual principle that i was trying to say moving along now i just wanted to make sure that i got that in there i want to i want to say this again god and his kingdom are holy holy set apart they are completely separate from the spirit of this world god is so holy that the moment that satan turned his heart against the lord in arrogance and pride God kicked him out of heaven. He said, there's no place for that here. This is a pure realm. We can't have that here. And so Satan just went even more evil and became God's enemy. All right. God is separate from earthly kingdoms. He's not of this world. Sanctification means to be set apart, to be made holy. So the word sanctification is is the same meaning. I want to read John 17. Hope you guys are doing all right. To me, This is important, even if it's not exciting. It's important because it's kingdom truth. John 17, starting with verse 13. Jesus is praying to his father. He said, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy, that they, talking about you and me, may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. There needs to be more joy in the body of Christ, guys. I have, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So it's, it's God wanting to make us holy to separate us from that realm, that system. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world sanctify them, separate them, set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So basically he's separating us from the world and making us holy to be one with him so that he can send us into the world. Kind of almost seems paradoxical, but he's sending us into the world separate from them. You've heard the term, I, I live in the world, but not of the world. And, and that's a, it's not, it's not a scripture, but it's, it's, it's a scriptural truth. But some people are trying to uh, not, not be of the world, but in the world. But they want to try to separate themselves and have nothing to do with the world. And, and there's groups and religions and stuff that do that. But Jesus actually says, I'm trying to send you into the world. Not to become like the world, but so that we, have, we can go there the way that the Father sent Jesus into the world. It wasn't so he could succumb to it, it was so that he could bring the influence and in the kingdom of heaven into that world, to be salt and light in the world, to be a, a change agent, to be a person who I'm going I'm to represent. I'm not just representing heaven, I'm actually bringing heaven. I am a vessel. I'm a conduit. I'm an open heaven. I stay seated in the heavenly places. I stay connected with God. I don't let the world influence who I am. I want to influence it. Good. We say this often. I'm not a thermometer. I'm a thermostat. We can say that all we want, but if we don't live from this place, we're going to be thermometers. We, we, need, to, we need to stay connected to God to release the ecosystem of heaven into this world around us to change it. But we don't want it to change us. So that's what Jesus said. He, he's sanctifying us. He's setting us apart. But, it's, but he said, as you sent me, I send them. So he's not just sending us to live in the world. He's sending us to carry a mission of bringing heaven into the midst of the people around us. If that's the kingdom that will not retract it's the kingdom that does not shrink it's the kingdom that only advances it's the kingdom that does not pay attention to the political realm to determine if it's going to move forward or not it's going to move forward based on if people will stay yoked to it or not come on as you've sent me into the world i also have sent them into the world he's talking about you and me And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may also be sanctified by the truth. So we get the same sanctification of Christ. We actually get it in him when we're when we live from that place of union with Christ. We're not influenced by that, by the world's spirit anymore. Come on, if you're I want to say this, too. If your idea of holiness is boring, you don't get it. You don't get it. Because Jesus said that his joy would be fulfilled in us. Yeah. And when we are separated from the spirit of the world, yeah, that might mean don't do this, don't do that. Because it, it, it brings mixture into your lifestyle. Or it might, you know, some things that might, it might subdue the work of the Lord that he wants to do in you. And so the Lord might say, I, I want you to lay this down. Or I want you to sacrifice this or whatever it might be. It's not because we want to be religious, holy It's because we don't want any attachments to this world influencing us in a place that Christ wants to influence us. He's trying to set us free from any attachments that the world has so that we can be fully attached to the kingdom of heaven so that everything that he has in store for me, which is all of heaven, I can give it full access. The more I'm holding of the world, the less grip space I have. To hold the things that he wants to put in my hands, I want to be willing to lay it all down. I want to surrender anything to the Lord that would hinder my ability to have the fullness of God. And I hope you do, hope you're in the same boat with that. So being, being made holy or sanctified actually sets you free from the spirit of this world. It actually sets you free. From the spirit of darkness. He actually has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's holy. He set us free from the grip. Hallelujah. We're here to sit. He's sending us into the world as people have been set apart. Carriers of heaven. So we can release the kingdom of heaven into the midst of those around us. Hallelujah. God's realm and dominion is above the chaos in this world. He, he lives from a place that is elevated above all the spiritual authorities and powers and dominions. The second heaven realm, that's beneath his feet. He lives above all that. So it's, it's, it'd be similar to, you've probably seen videos of eagles that fly above the storm that's underneath them. And they're in a peaceful sky like that. And there's crazy storm underneath That's a little bit of a picture except that eagle is going to come down sometime jesus stays in that realm he lives from that realm that's his home he's not he doesn't get caught up in the chaos praise god he lives in a realm of perfect peace the atmosphere of heaven is shalom peace and jesus is called the prince of peace that means he's the ruler of peace come on he lives from that realm he doesn't need to come under these things and you know we we have the perfect example of jesus who slept in the middle of the storm in an open boat and the and it was so bad that his disciples thought they were about to die because it was a horrible storm that was happening and jesus is peacefully sleeping how could he do that because he stays connected with a realm that's above the chaos, the peace realm. He lives from that place, even though he was in this earth. And physically, maybe his body was under that second heaven realm, but he wasn't because he lives from an open heaven. He lives from heaven. He lives from peace on earth. He showed us how we can do it, guys. Isaiah nine six through seven for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Come on, the government will be upon his shoulder. That can look to be looked at two ways that he that he's going to carry the governments of this earth. I, I tend to look at it, and I'm not saying that way is wrong, it probably still applies. But I believe that's the kingdom of God. He carries the kingdom of God on his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The kingdom expands and it keeps expanding and it never stops. There will be no end to the increase of his kingdom upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Nothing in this earth is going to stop God from moving forward and expanding his kingdom and doing what he's doing. The, the elections or COVID or the economy, God hasn't skipped the beat. We're standing in a building right now as an example of that, that there's no way that we could have done this economically in the season that this world has been in, except that we yoked to the promise of the Lord and believed that He is superior and separate, made holy, separated from, the, from this earthly realm, the earthly kingdom, the earthly economy. He lives from another place. And so we, stay, we fought. We had to fight our faith a good fight of faith to stay connected to where god's at because it's separate from the system of this world had we stayed in this place even if we prayed but we stayed under subjection to the things in this in this earth realm and the economic situations that was looked like it was about to tank if we would have stayed from that place we would not be standing right here in the lobby of our church building right now so this is a testimony Thank you, Lord. When Jesus when Jesus slept in the boat, Jesus lived his life on this earth as a human so that he could show us how we can live, okay? That's why he did it. That's why he did it. And and from that place, he was living from heaven to earth. And and I preached months ago, I think it was during the COVID quarantine time, if you if you want to try to Look through the archives. I, I, I preached a message about, about Jesus uh, breaking principalities. And, and I talked about the story of Jesus riding that boat, sleeping, and, and the storm came. And Bill Johnson has a great teaching on this that says that that storm was actually the principality of the region he's going into, trying to push him back, trying to keep him from coming in because he knew who had the authority? If he could keep him back, then 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 he then that principality could retain his domain. But Jesus rebuked the storm, and then he rebuked his disciples and said, "You guys should have done this yourselves." And they made it to the other side with with clear skies because the, the warfare that's coming against them was broken. And then he then he met a guy who was demon possessed in a in a graveyard and uh and when he asked him his name he said legion which means thousands there were thousands of demons in this guy and jesus cast them out and things broke in the heavens at that point and according to bill's teaching um he actually was talking about how because the people said get out of our region we don't want you here and so he left but but bill was talking about how Um, sometime later when Jesus returned back to that area where it's called Decapolis, the 10 cities, that when he went back there, people flocked him and, and wanted to receive from him. Something shifted in the spirit realm in a region that said, we don't want you here. Something shifted. That principality was gone and Jesus was able to go there and bring the kingdom. That's crazy. But Jesus doesn't live from this realm. He lived From heaven to earth, and that's how we get to live. Okay, I want to say this. I'm I'm sort of moving along here. Uh, I'm not. I'm not at the end, but I'm just letting you know we're we're getting we're getting there. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want you guys to to hear me say that, and then you're like, "Okay, he said that." How many minutes is this? Getting getting closer. (laughs) Pentecostal preachers close about five or five to ten times. (laughs) (laughs) and they then they acknowledge it too um i want to say this that satan satan is not warring against god all right satan knows that he's already been crushed jesus already kicked his teeth out of his mouth he doesn't stand a chance god could crush satan and 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 demolish him for eternity with a wink of his eye it's not a combat. There's no battle. Satan, he's already defeated. He's already disarmed. And he knows he's doomed. He knows, he knows what his eternity is going to be looking like. And we're getting closer to that. But Satan's war is not against God. It's against you and me. And, and he thinks that, he knows that his only fighting chance is against us. It's not against God. His only fighting chance is against you and me. Ephesians six twelve, Excuse me. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. It's that second heaven realm. So our, we, don't, we don't fight against humans, but we also don't fight as humans. All right? We're not fighting as people trying to win a war. We've got to understand that the way that we're fighting is a whole lot more of a spiritual realm kind of a fight. We can't whip up enough strength or wisdom to conquer. That's not how it works. 2 Corinthians ten three through 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, this body... The, the flesh could include the body and our soul, which has to do with our intellect and our emotions, okay? And we, we walk in that. We walk in the body. We have a soul that we're walking in, but we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means of the mind. It's not human wisdom or reasoning or flesh, doesn't, like the, the abilities of the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. It doesn't even say that they're mighty from God. They're mighty in God. Because you and I, if we're born again, are in Christ. We are in God. And so when we function from that place of being in Him, our, our weapons are mighty. Now, if we try to do it separate from Him on our own, that, then, then from that place, we're warring against. We're warring according to the flesh, and we can we can quote, quote scriptures. We can get on our knees and and bust blood vessels in our neck and our forehead, all we want. But if you're doing it by your own flesh, your own strength, your own will, your own emotions, your own ideas, you will never win. That's that's fighting according to flesh and blood. Okay. But when we are doing it from the place of in Christ, in God, and we know that it's not about am I going to be powerful enough to to win this battle? No, it's am I in God? Am I receiving who He is? Am I staying connected with the third heaven realm that He's in? If I live from that place, then my weapons are mighty. Because it's His weapons, not mine. Amen. Weapons over warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Come on. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Tons of connotation in that passage. I'm not going there now because that's for another topic. But the point that I'm trying to make is we're of a kingdom that, that's not the flesh kingdom. We live in it. And that's how we live in this world is by this body but but we're connected by spirit to the kingdom of god which comes from the third heaven realm and and living on this earth we need to stay yoked to that realm because that's where shalom peace is we don't have to come under the power and the oppression of all the chaos in the second heaven realm and that's happening on this earth we can stay like jesus did anchored in the peace haven God is called a refuge, which means a hiding place, a secure fortress that that keeps you, again, set apart, separated from all the stuff out there. It keeps you in God. He's the fortress. We're in him. He is the fortress, not us, not our power, him staying in there. We can live in peace and then function outwardly by his power and doing it like that. Strongholds fall. Doing it from that place. The enemy cannot stand a chance. So Satan actually knows that he cannot defeat us. But he also knows that if we can function according to the flesh, then he can snuff us out. So if we're doing this from the wrong place, the the wrong starting place, where we, we might have the right words or the right actions, but it's not in God like if we if he can get us doing it from our carnality or our flesh he he can snuff us out and he will but if we stay yoked to heaven's kingdom he gets crushed it's like it's like it's not even both it's not even like maybe one or the other no it's either you get crushed or you live in victory it's one or the other based on where you're living from (laughs) that's that's a truth fighting from our own wisdom and strength he'll crush us many people are trying to earn their own salvation or favor with the lord by religious action and duty many people are trying to win their own battles and maybe praying too but I, but i think it's easy for us to try to overcome our own obstacles and then and then go into god's kind of the last resort I'm going to pray it's it's come to this. Like come on. That's actually our starting point. <laughs> you guys hear me? We don't want to strive through our own breakthroughs. We need to do it in Christ. And some people are trying to get the kingdom through an election. Are we serious? Like who, who ends up winning after the trials are over? Are you serious that, that, that you're going to let that shake you in your faith? You're, if, that's the, if that's true, you are functioning from your soul and you're functioning from this earthly kingdom realm. You are under the spirit of the world, if that's the case. But Jesus came to set you apart from that, to sanctify you, to free you from the kingdom of darkness, from the evil one. So you can live in his kingdom. And you get to do that from heaven right here into the earth. Come on. He he said, I sanctify you. I set you apart. And then I'm sending you as the father sent me so that you can bring heaven into that environment so you can see it change so that you can come with the waving the flag of heaven saying going into the world and saying his kingdom come his will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven waving that flag bringing in and knowing that the lord is in agreement with that prayer if you're praying it by faith all of heaven comes in behind you and brings the momentum of that power into the environment that you're bringing that into we must live from a place where we're seated in the kingdom of god into this earth and and we'll get victory god's way not by our strength okay and that and that's really where i want to take us today that we need to know which kingdom we're living from yes the elections are important i would not you should know me better than that i i I guarantee that's real important to me but it's not the most important thing We're, we're gonna we're gonna live from the kingdom regardless of those outcomes and and we're gonna see the kingdom come because god has promised it and he's already doing it we're already seeing it but i believe that we're about to see a breakthrough like we've never seen before it's not contingent on this but i'll tell you what is happening No matter who wins, I'll tell you something I am seeing. The body of Christ has been waking up. People are rising up and they're saying no more passivity anymore. No, no more just watching things happen to us. We're going to rise up and we're going to anchor ourselves down and we're going to intercede like we've never interceded before. And we're going to make a stand for what's right like we've never made a stand before. And when we start seeing the body of Christ take our ground and take our stand and unite together, not about political parties, but about kingdom of God and our rights as humans and Christians in this world, We're about to start seeing the floodgates of heaven come open like we've never seen before. It's gonna happen.